When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. To Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, Monty and Afaro, only seen here live out of Village Connection Radio, here out of Rockstar Studios in Huntington, New York, on a special Sunday edition. Jim Savali, how you feeling at the board? What up, brother? And to the right is none other than my savior, who filled in for Mr. Jim Duggan. Ah, Rosa Mendez. Yes, I'm glad he's doing good. Did you see his pictures from I, the hospital? I, I did see his pictures, yeah. and prayers and go smiling. out to Jim. Yes, absolutely. And, uh, but thank you for coming in uh, and course. saving the day. It's my pleasure, absolutely. It's our pleasure to have you here. <laughs> uh, straight to the top is the new Monty and Faro theme song from Aquacherry. They're a... Uh, Local moving band growing. Uh, how'd, you, how'd you like that music? Oh, I loved it. That was that was my jam. It's I was, like it's like reggae rock. It's like reggae rock EDM all mixed in one. That is my jam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so how was yesterday? How was the event? It was great. I had so much fun. I said I always do this. I say I am never going to do a signing ever again. Like I, I'm done. I and then I get like sucked back in, and then I want to get back in the ring, and I need to like not. Like, I, I'm I'm turning 40. Mm-hmm. I tore my ACL, like, nine months ago. I'm a single mom. I can't wrestle. And every time I'm around, I'm around wrestling, I, like, want to go back in the ring. It's like a sickness, but it's like a good sickness. But it's not, like, I can't. So it's, like, hard. It's, it's, a, it's a passion. But it's, it's a passion. And, you know, what's funny is that, you know, I retired two years ago. And I'm more comfortable... In a wrestling locker room than I am in the real world. Well, we were talking about that earlier, yeah. right? It's like, better stay in that microcosm of professional wrestling than actually be in the real world with all these wackadoos, right? Yeah, it's very hard for me to adapt to the real world. I I feel like, you know, when you're in the locker room and it's your family and we're all in competition and, you know, we're all on TV... No, we're not trying to take advantage of each other. We're just trying to, like, get over, mm-hmm. you know? Whereas in the real world, when you have a million followers and you have been on TV, everybody wants a piece of you for the negative reasons. Men want to be with you for the wrong reasons. Women want to be your friend for the wrong reasons. And it's really hurtful when stuff gets uncovered and you realize that these people 
don't love Milena Roca. They love Rosa Mendez, mm. and that is not me. So I've had a very hard time dealing with this. Like I'm going to get emotional because it's hard. It's okay. Yeah. So it's it's been really difficult for me. Well, I want, look for someone from the real world. It'll get better. Okay. <laughs> it, it, it will get better. You just yeah. you disassociate yourself with those people. You start to you start to because I imagine in the wrestling world there's a lot of trust, right? Because you're yeah. closer and you believe people are going to take care of you. And then in the real world you get that same thing. Well, but, you know. it's also a Shark Tank too. Like we're all trying to get over. We're all trying to make money. There's egos, you know. And we're all in competition, but we all trust each other but with our it, bodies. First of all, it's in your face competition, though, yes. right? No. Well, again. I don't want to say I know what I'm talking about, but they're not snaking you, right? They're in your face. Yes, and also, and we're all like famous, so it's not like we're trying to get a piece of right. like each other. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely, it's, it's totally different. Absolutely. So I, I literally blocked four people in the past month. I like on my phone, block, block, block. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, I've had enough. Like, I'm only gonna let people in that I've known for like a really long time. Like my, 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 I have a circle of friends from Vancouver that I've been friends with since I was 13 years old. We're all still friends, mm. you know, and some of the girls on the road, you know, like I, and I know no new friends because I'm like scared. I'm honestly terrified of letting people in now after what happened to me. I get, how do you handle like comments on social media about you? So look, we've got this growing broadcast and I've got enough fans that say, mm -hmm. look, you suck, you know, you're fat, whatever else. How do you handle that? Because you've got millions of fans, right? Yeah. And most of them are probably very positive, right? And they, yeah, absolutely. They should be, but how do you handle the negativity? I really don't care. Like, when people talk crap on my Instagram and, like, Twitter, I don't care. What really did affect me on the road was the dirt sheets. Because there was lies on there, like, lies mm. of who I dated and who I'd been with that I've never, ever been with. Right. And one of the people that they said I was with was married, and it really affected their marriage. And I had just come out of, uh, I'm a recovering alcoholic. Okay. I had just come out of rehab. So I'm this like delicate flower that like, like very sensitive. And this thing came on the internet about me and someone in the office. And it was like totally untrue. Right. Like, totally made up the whole story was made up and it really i heard that it affected his marriage and i was crying because i cannot believe that people were saying that that's how i kept my job and never ever did we even like have that sure. he never got unprofessional with me ever mm -hmm. so that never happened so like that was devastating and then like so, someone said I was with a certain wrestler and that was devastating because I was never with them and that hurt more than comments on Twitter and Instagram like because it's like people read the dirt sheets yeah you know, they do and they believe some well, of the stuff because people like negativity right yeah they, they want they focus on the negativity and they want to believe and you know the positive stuff's boring right exactly so yeah <laughs> but yeah it's gotta it's it's gotta be tough it was tough so tell me what makes you want to become a professional wrestler how does that even start Okay, so... So you were a model, right? I was a model, and I was always a tomboy. I got into fights, and, you know, I would go to the bar, a guy would smack my butt, and I would punch <laughs> him in the face, and I, like, only fought men in bar... I have bar fights. Look at these, look at these look knuckles. That. Look at that. Yeah, like, I fought men. Like, six-foot-tall men. Like, it didn't matter. Someone grabbed me, boom. You know, I just... I loved 
fighting. And I loved, then I started doing, I moved to Las Vegas and because I made a lot of money in conventions. Okay. So literally handing out pamphlets and making $500 a day and doing like photo shoots. I was flying to Jamaica. I was flying to LA. I won Hawaiian Tropic. I won one of the biggest, mo- here I am putting myself over. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yourself over. It's a <laughs> I won this Latin American modeling contest. I was the first North American to win it. Mm-hmm. And actually, those pictures got me into the diva search. WB saw those photos and was like, we want to interview her. Okay. And then, uh, so I, when I moved to Vegas, I started training jiu-jitsu and Muay Thai. And I loved it. And I was good. Yeah. So I was training to do a K-1 fight. They were giving me free classes. They're like, look at this pretty girl. She's like totally tough. And I was working with Antonio Sebastian and at Mark Lehman's gym. And so I was training every day, twice a day. And then on my days off, I would be um, doing conventions and modeling and stuff. So then uh, one of my bookers is like, hey, there's a diva search. And I'm like, wait a second. Like, I would love Trish Trust. She was my idol. Like, I followed her from the fitness industry to wrestling. I'm like, wait a second. I could become a wrestler? And he's like, yeah, there's a diva search, but thousands of girls are entering. Like, you're probably not going to get it. And I'm like, I want to try. So I sent in a video and pictures, and they loved me. So they flew down and did, like, a live interview. And I had just finished a photo shoot, so I'm all tanned up, oiled up, you know. And I was telling them how, like, I'm this, like, really tough chick, and I would make them a lot of money, you know. And then I flew to L.A., and there was, like, hundreds of girls in this room. And everybody was dressed in dresses and tutus and I was wearing uh, like a tank top, mm-hmm. a back, not a backwards hat. I was wearing a beanie and uh, and army shorts. And I looked like I was tomboy, you know right. what I mean? And I'm like, oh, goodness, like this is not my kind of like crew here. Like I'm not going to make it. Well, they loved it. They loved that I was different. They loved that I was rough around the edges. And I killed my interview and I was one of the eight. They picked eight girls out of hundreds. So then I did the diva search and yeah. I started training. I didn't get picked. I did a horrible promo, which surprised me. I was about to say, <laughs> the you know, speaking before the sh- before the show and even now, your 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 mic skills are there already, man. You're just like that. Well, it's um, Dusty Rhodes, you know. Really, I cried in that room to him. I was terrible at my promos, and he took me under his wing, and he like literally worked with me for hours and like at like once a week, and I was crying on the mic, and I was like. I get it. He's like, you can do this, honey. You know, and I'm like, and I, he really like saved my career. Yeah. How did that, how did his death affect you? Really hard. Cause he was like, like a father figure. So he really always believed in me. He always like saw my passion and, you know, I wasn't the most athletic wrestlers, but he saw that I love the business more than anything. And so he worked with me and he spent time working with me and helping me. So that was really hard. It was hard on a lot of us because he was like a father figure to a lot of us. He seemed like he took care of all, all you guys. Yeah. Growing it Whoever had passion, he was there. He saw it, you know? Mm. So. So you're in the WWE. Yeah. What's that like? Is it? You know, we were were speaking about. Well, developmental, as I was, you know, you're trying to get on TV. You're pitching all these different stories. You're, like, working your butt off. And then you think that when you finally get on TV, oh, I made it. I'm good. There's a whole other ball game, and you have to work even harder to stay on TV. And there weren't many spots for the girls at the time. So that's when I went into the the ballet avenue because... 
if you're a valet, you're almost guaranteed always on TV and a paycheck. You know what I mean? So it sucked that I wasn't able to get my in-ring stuff that I really wanted and was passionate about. But I always was on TV and I was always booked. Yeah. So, um, and I loved it. And I was on the house shows and I and I killed it, you know. But I do have regrets. I wish that I had worked harder to try and get to be in the ring and to be an, a wrestler. Like, I... I really, I loved my career as a valet, but I kicked myself for not, for being too scared to, for the, being too scared of the competition it took to get that spot on TV as a wrestler. Mm. You know? So that WrestleMania moment, you or, or maybe that, that, well, Trish, great I match, loved, huh? I idolized Trish and I like, like, I followed her career, her whole career, and I wanted to be like her, and I was never even close. So, and that was because I fell into that valet role. And i that's my biggest regret of my career. You know, managers and valets, it's almost like a lost art in wrestling. So, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, again, I, I, I think you're downplaying a little bit. I think oh, it's no, important. I loved I think it. It's, I, but I think it's, it's important. very important. It's so important to the it, building of the wrestler's character. Yes. It, you know, so, you know, you, you don't always have to be the greatest wrestler. So, you know, look at Miss Elizabeth. Look yeah. at, you know. I'm definitely not, yeah, I'm definitely not saying, putting it, but I just, I love being in the ring so much, and so I never, I I didn't get to experience it at, like, the way I wanted to, you know? And then when I tried to go back, I tore my ACL, so. Oh, my God. (laughs) Fast forward to, like, a couple years later. (laughs) So, a decade later. So, tell me, we're going to, I'm going to jump into uh, Total Bellas. Total divas. Divas. Yeah. No worries. I had to make sure that. Yeah, yeah. Um, we were talking earlier was how you could tell you were a kind heart when you watch that Thank show. You. My wife was a huge fan of yours yeah. too, as I as I was. But I'm going to hit you with one question. It's always been bothering me. And oh god, oh god, <laughs> no, I know what it is already. Uh, Let's see. Let's see. No, 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 no. Is the John Cena Nikki Bella relationship real? Oh, I wasn't expecting that. I, yes, they were really in love, and I we I mean they were making out back like backstage, so it, it was real. It was real. Yeah. What do you think I was going to ask you? Oh. Oh. Go. Yeah. You you tell me what I was going to ask you. <laughs> no. Come on, let's do. Do I have to? Okay, yes, I guess to. I have now to. Now you have to. Go ahead. Oh, everyone always asks me about the whole page, um, like bisexual thing. Well. Well, it's coming up. So, okay. <laughs> we'll go with that. So I was celibate for three years and I was trying to like date and I just couldn't find anyone I like. Like I was, I'm very picky and I, I'm, I love love. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to find love and sure. I couldn't find love. So, you know, I have this best friend who's like this cute little goth girl and like, I thought I had a crush on her, but I didn't like, it was just cause I loved her as a friend. Mm-hmm. So then, like, I played with the idea of maybe, like, I, like, had a crush on her. And mm-hmm. then after we <laughs> after we explored that avenue, I, we both realized absolutely not. And I'm definitely not bisexual. Well, I don't know. I'll choose bisexual. <laughs> right now in my life, I'm no sexual. So it's I all was, good. Well that's, <laughs> the, well, that's the thing is that I was no sexual. So I was like, maybe I'm bi because I don't like any guys. Right, right. And I wasn't. 
And you could totally tell on TV that her and I like wanted to barf when we were about to kiss. <laughs> like we were looking at each other and like my big fake lips at the time, oh, like all God. glossed up. And she's like staring at my lips and I'm looking at her and she's like, l- we're l- looking at each other terrified and we're like, what are we doing? And now like the cameras are all on us. So like, and you, you just got to go for it. We did, but it was so awkward. Watch it back. It's terrible. It was the most awkward moment on TV besides my wardrobe malfunction I've ever had. Which wow. I read about. That was terrible. And my butt the, looked fake because I had all that pa- uh, toupee paste. Okay. Like, no, because, you know, you have to have, you have to wear toupee tape to get your gear to stick on sure. you. So I had all this tape on. So when my pants got pulled down, my butt looked like a mannequin plastic butt. It looked like a fake butt. Oh, yeah, and I mean, it looked fine and all, but... <laughs> <laughs> I just can't. No, but the worst part was that oh, the God. office thought we did it on purpose. Really? And I'm like, cry- I'm like, I'm like, Mark, you know, it's Chrono. I'm like, I was bawling. I'm like, I didn't do it on purpose. Like, I- so I thought that I took a great bump. Right. So that's why everyone popped. <laughs> so I'm like, You're like, oh, it's I coming. Thought my cr- like little crack show. I didn't feel the whole thing go sure, down. Sure. I wasn't wearing underwear. Like, uh, so uh, then I hear this like, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, listen to that pop. I'm like, oh, we got him. And then I get backstage and I'm getting screamed at. Everyone's red. I'm not going to mention names. Everyone's red with their veins. Like, yeah. And I was like, and then I started bawling because they said your whole ass was on TV. And I was like, ah! And it was terrible. And then she got in really big trouble. Layla got in trouble. And I was like, Layla, I I, I didn't think it was her fault. Like, it was just just her. She pulled, you know? She pulled down instead of out. Did uh, did you ever talk to Junior Vince McMahon Junior? Did he ever make contact with you? Um, we I said hi to him. Yeah, yeah. Like she so just dealt with Mark all the time. Um, Mark and and uh, at times like Vince, we did. We see everyone Triple H. Like no, I just thought maybe after that whole thing, Vince uh. might have called you in his office. Oh no no oh no no! Come I was in. I was so scared. Like I was in like they were they were really upset. Yeah, like they were really mad. And if it had happened on purpose, I would have been fined. But, like, I was not trying to get my butt on yeah, TV. No, like, right. I, like, not, you know? That would have been a bad career move, though, Oh, right? my goodness, no. Point. And it was it's all over the internet. It's mortifying. Oh, boy. All right, I'm going to bring this down a little bit. Yeah. I, um, you're a survivor of domestic abuse, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> can, you, can you talk about that at all? Um, and you don't have to. It's fine. I just, yeah, I, I, I can. I feel like, you know... I, I got into relationships with this, and I hear this, it happens a lot, where women, they attract the same guy, and then it happens. Um, but I feel like it's all about um, insecurities and trauma, and I feel like you, women get caught into that position where they feel as though they um, kind of deserve it, in a sense and they stay you know and so you know when it first happened to me i was 17 years old and and i was with someone for seven years and uh you know and i i came to think it was normal you know and then the second relationship i was in so it became like a norm you know and then the third relationship i was in i just fought back (laughs) Oh yeah, 
you know, and uh, and I felt I felt like he could have charged me because I mean <laughs> I was like literally beating the crap out of this guy too. So I feel as though um, I that's why I went I went celibate for three and a half years. And when I met my uh, my daughter's father, uh, I was celibate for three and a half years. I found myself. I went to rehab. I really like realized my self worth, and um, I. I was not jaded by my... I was a functioning alcoholic. So I was just drink to get buzzed. You wouldn't see me pass so out. Well, did the drinking start because of the domestic abuse? Or was that just part of the two just going together? Like, were you a drinker in high school? or like? I didn't really kind of- drink in high school. I felt like I started drinking more on the road. You know? Right. Like, it's... You know, you're famous, you're rich, you're, like, good-looking. Right, and I imagine people offering stuff people, to you all yeah, the time, right? Like, hey, Yeah, we're all, we're all making money. We have a meal. It's to turn into one glass of wine and then, like, two glasses of wine. And then I, it happened, whereas I wasn't really drinking on the road, but I was drinking on my days off. You know, like, I would go out with my friend for lunch, and I would have my glass of wine, and I would go to the gym, and I'd work out after. Like, right. it was, I was a functioning alcoholic. And so when you're, I feel like when you drink like that, you, you start to get very depressed and down on yourself and you feel guilt and you feel shameful. And I really found my savior, Lord and Jesus Christ, because I, that, that gave me, that made, my faith really pulled me out of my alcoholism. I realized I wasn't, I wasn't shameful of anything. I just had to get right with God, you know, and and I made huge changes in my life. I changed my phone number. I start, stopped hanging out with the partiers. I, ha- I stopped dating completely. And that's when I met the love of my life at the time, Bobby Shabinsky. And we had this beautiful child. Um, but we had our differences in religion. And so, you know, at the time when we didn't have a kid, we were able to accept the fact that he was not religious and I'm religious. And it was fine. But once we had a child... It was very hard for us to get on the same page with the religion. Right. And we, we, I love him. I'll always love him. And I feel like he has love for me as well. But because of the religion, it's this is a big gap. And we just can't get on the same page ever. So, um, But we have this great co-parenting relationship. Like Our daughter is amazing. He lives in California. We're out there all the time. He comes to Pittsburgh. Like we make it work. And my daughter, my daughter is like the happiest little girl ever. And so she, we come from a broken home, but it's not broken to her, you know. Mm-hmm. And I stayed single for for twenty months before I started dating, and then I actually now stopped dating because I was craving to have, be a family. So like I wasn't. I was dating to find a person to be a stepfather for my kid. And then when they weren't the right stepfather figure, I was like disappointed Mm. and it made me sad about being in a broken home. So I found that now, like, you know, I, I, I dated two different guys after 20 months of being single and I was trying to force the fact of me trying to fall in love with them and I wasn't in love. So now I realize no relationships focus on my daughter i have a great co-parenting relationship with my ex and just live life and 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 work hard and and just for me like going to church really actually helped me through my separation and to stop just to stop dating and kind of figure things out you know what i mean and then when the right person comes along then i will accept them but for now i like i like being a single mom and just focusing on her and 
having a good relationship with my ex and his family. I just got to say this. You were blowing me away. Are, are you serious? You were blowing me Sorry, that was me. really... I'm talking no, about No, no. I, no, you're, I just, uh, you're a pretty special person. I'm really... Thank you. Uh, thank I'm you. really taken aback a little bit. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank wow. you so much. Let's talk about your daughter a little bit. So yeah. Mom. Um, Jordan Shabinsky, she is like literally a mini me and she's I'm already like doing media training with her so like she takes dance and I'm already teaching her like I interview her I'm like so I feel like you had a really passionate intense dance today and she's like it was so passionate mummy that I had happy tears mama (laughs) I had happy tears and I was like so you really felt the music so i'm already giving her media training she's three and a half years old and she's getting media training so this little girl is like she's my best friend yeah and she's brilliant and i know a lot of parents say oh my kid's the smartest and the best but i have really long conversations with her and she's great she's literally has the best parts of me and bobby all bundled in one human you know and it's it's just wonderful to see so, in raising your daughter, mm-hmm. we were talking earlier, tell me about your parents, how you grew up, and how you're using that to raise your child right now. So, um, my mom raised me till I was nine, and my mom, uh, I'm half Costa Rican and half Czech. So, my parents are very polar opposites. My mom comes from poverty, and we have a huge family in Costa Rica, and my mom was the only one with an education and that could make money and work. My dad is uh, upper middle class, and uh, he's from Czech Republic. He came to Vancouver with five dollars, mm. and he was very successful in everything in his work. He had great work work ethic. I feel like that's where I got it from, you know. Um, but my mom raised me until I was nine, and then she had to go back to take care of my family and leave. So my dad raised me from nine, single father mm. onward, the teenage years, the first mm. period, the, yeah. all training bra, my poor father. <laughs> I can't even imagine that conversation. Oh, I was like, Tata, I call him Tata, I need an over-the-shoulder boulder holder. And he, so he went to the store and he told the woman that because he thought it was a brand. Right. And he's like, I tried to get you an over-the-shoulder boulder holder and the lady said they don't make it. I go, Tata, that's a joke. And he was trying to get me a training bra because I was too embarrassed to get myself a training bra over the shoulder boulder holder. Jim, you're thinking what you're looking forward to. Jim has a, a young child too. So. Uh, do they say that? Training bra over the shoulder? No, not yet. That was back in the, no, that was probably back in my day. <laughs> How was it growing, with, growing up without a mother though? It was actually really, really hard, but I feel like my father instilled in me the things that I needed for the WWE. Like, he was very, like, very strict. Okay. Eastern European, mm-hmm. very cold, very honest. And he, he, he was very dry humor, you know, but gave me love by giving me things. Okay. So, like, he would never give me a hug or tell me he loved me, but he would, like, buy me clothes and gotcha. like buy me stuff you know what I mean I was like I need you to tell me you love me he goes Milena re- relax Milena <laughs> and I would go and hug him and he's like stop being a scotch tape and I'm like really I'm like I just need a hug you know 
So you grow, you're a teenager, probably, you know, gorgeous. I was a terrible go, gorgeous teenager. Lady. You're meeting some boys now in school. No, I was, my dad was well, like. I was going to say, did he lock you up? I mean, what was the deal there? He scared me. He scared me to, about boys that people, like, were thought I was weirdo because everybody was having sex in high school except for me. So, like, but I fought, and I smoked pot, and I was on the basketball team, so mm-hmm. I got away with everything because I was a really good athlete. Okay. And I was just, like, this really bad, a beautiful teenager, you know, that got away with everything. <laughs> but, no, I never explored boys until, like, after, way after high school. Did you play the teachers, though, at all? Oh, I told one of the, the male te- teachers. I told one of the teachers that if he didn't let me go out for a cigarette, that I would tell him, I would tell the principal he flirted with me. Oh, my God. I was so bad. Did, did oh, you, my God. Did you a cigarette? Oh, I went, I put my leather <laughs> no, jacket on. No, she didn't. I probably had a whole pack. I'd be like, all right, all right. I, I put it. my leather jacket on. I go, see ya. Oh, my God. And I still passed everything. Like, I still did well because, like, I was an athlete. So they had to, like, pass me. Oh. I really, like, literally want to apologize to these teachers now because yeah, I'm, like, ahead. so... I, I, I want to apologize to them, too. Mr. Crawley, I'm so <laughs> sorry that I did this to you. <laughs> that is just too funny. I, I was so mean to this teacher. Where's mom and dad now? So my dad has dementia, and actually, um, he just left his facility without permission, and he's trying to go back home, and he's in Canada, and I have my daughter's families all in Pittsburgh, so uh, and I'm a single mom, so I'm really caught between a rock, like stuck between a rock and a hard place because I want to take care of my dad, but then I have my daughter. It's just been really hard. So I'm, we're hiring a nurse to go to the apartment every day to check on him. Right. Uh, dementia is really difficult because he'll have spells where he's totally normal and can think properly. And then moments where he just doesn't understand anything. And that's what's scary. Like he could start cooking and forget about the pot on the, you sure. know what I mean? So like, I'm really... You know, I'm here and I'm I, I'm calling the facilities calling me every day. They're checking on him. The police go and check on him. So I'm at that stage right now. My mom is in Costa Rica. She lives on a on the beach in a little cottage with no air conditioning, but it's like paradise. Okay. Monkeys swing on her the trees in her backyard. Really? Yeah. She's married to an amazing man, American man from California, and they have this beautiful life in Costa Rica. I'm, I'm actually going to go there for my 40th birthday. Oh. So yeah, my friends like plan this Vegas trip and I'm like that's I'd rather chop my arms off <laughs> than go to Vegas on my 40th birthday I'm gonna lay on a beach by myself with my mother and nice. just chill oh, that's I need to chill a lot of stuff has happened this month yeah so. you wanna fill me in what's happened this month uh I got hacked and uh <laughs> And by the way, I don't get the whole hacking thing. My, like I was telling you yeah. earlier, my wife is like, you know, you got to pay more attention. You're going to get hacked. I'm like, I don't know what's hacking me. What are oh they going to do? Oh, my god! Now, you're followed by millions of people. People are probably looking. But go ahead. Yeah, so I on? got hacked. And actually, it was a blessing in disguise because, like, you realize who your true friends are when you don't have a million followers, right? Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's for sure. Uh, so, yeah, I got hacked. And um, I wasn't able to run my business anymore or make money or anything like that so it's been really hard I, the guy blackmailed me and he now how he does bla- that happen how does he blackmail you he emailed me and said to for me to write my his name on my chest and send him 500 euros i'm like keep it amir i said oh keep my, my instagram <laughs> so I, I'm I'm uh, working with this amazing PR woman. Her name is Kathy Cardenas. She okay. works with Mickey James. She has been my angel. 
So she um, hired this woman, Wendy Shepard, who is helping me get my Instagram back. Okay. And also, I have a new business venture, which I cannot talk about yet because I'm not the ambassador for it yet. Okay. But it's really big, and it's a new kind of fitness thing that's going on. It's been around for only a couple of years. It's new. It's 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 fresh, and women are losing weight everywhere, moms, and it's fun and it's so positive and it's very empowering so i'm gonna go for training october um third and after that if they like how i perform i'm gonna be an ambassador for them that's fantastic and run workouts and the main thing i want to do is a charity workout and donate the uh money for women's health research so that's one of my goals so yeah wow i have that coming up so there is life after wrestling right it's not such a bad deal yes yes there is life after wrestling you just need to be careful who you bring close to you and when you're new out in this real world you gotta you gotta be very careful well have you have your wrestling family disappointed is there people in your wrestling family have disappointed you know what no like my wrestling family checks in on me i just got like i just got a text from foxy i talked to natty the bellas check in here and there like those girls are like the you know i i i they really are like my sisters Mm. and i and i respect them and the fact is, is these these girls are beautiful but they work hard and they like bust their butts you know, and I love that. They didn't think that, you know, they just need to be pretty and they're going to make it. Like, right. these girls work their butts off. Like, Natty works her, all of them. Mm. I have the utmost respect for these women. And I'm so, like, literally honored and grateful that I've had, I still have these women in my life. I was going to say that, you know, you were part of the gateway to this, too. You have an integral part in it, right? Mm-hmm. You were in the WWE for, what, eight or nine years? Eleven right? years. Eleven I had my years. baby on TV. There you go. So you were in the, eleven years in the biggest wrestling organization know, in history. It's wonderful. Right? And now, listen, the women own the show. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I was telling you earlier, I'm not the biggest wrestling fan anymore. I am, Jim can tell you, huge fan of the women's division. Yeah. I haven't been able to, I have not watched WWE since my injury because I'm too hurt to watch it. Really? And then my friend Bill told me what's going on in the women's division mm-hmm. and I, I just saw a promo that Becky Lynch did mm-hmm. and she is like unreal, like just amazing like the it factor and i'm just blown away so i'm gonna start watching again because i saw her promo and i was like completely in like the man like that is just she's incredible did you did you have a relationship with becky at yes all? i loved her how, yeah how about how was that relationship she's great i haven't talked to her i, I actually lost touch with her uh, maybe it's been seven months since i've connected with her but now i watch this promo and i want to text her and be like your girl like you are killing it and i'm so proud of you and it's i mean the character is completely different than what anyone's ever done wow. and i i love it i love it on the WWE Network Chronicles, Sasha Banks, you know, she's made a yes. return. Incredible documentary. Yes. Again, I recommend it to all the fans okay, out there. Okay, I haven't, you haven't seen, seen it yet. It's unbelievable. Okay, I'm going to watch it. Is the character of Sasha Banks representative of the real Sasha Banks as a human being? I think all of us have a little bit of our characters in us. I feel like, like for me, 
when I get angry, I turn into Rosa. Right. Like I'm screaming, I'm yelling. Well, back in the day, not anymore. Now I'm like, <laughs> I'm very calm now. When I get angry, I just slice you with a really nice vocabulary, like really intelligent vocabulary. Okay. It's way more powerful than screaming All right. and swearing. That won't work with me. I'm yeah. Like, <laughs> but I, I feel like a little bit of a little bit of our character is in all of us, yeah. you know? And I feel like that, I mean, I feel like the characters that are over, because if they, they have to feel real. Well, you talk about the dirt sheets though, right? So yeah. Sasha in the dirt sheets is known to be very hard to work with, very spoiled. Is that a representative? I loved working with her. I absolutely loved, and I love the way she wrestles. I loved, I, I mean, I've known her since FCW. Like I've worked with her since she was a kid. And I've I've had the utmost respect for her. She always worked very hard. She was very easy in the ring. She was great in the ring mm. when I was wrestling her. And I I, I don't that absolutely not difficult to work with at all. I would keep it real with you too. Well, how, yeah. about, how about my favorite Alexa Bliss? What do you think? Oh, I love this woman. So when I came back after having the baby, okay, I went in the ring at four months after having the baby. Okay, so like I'm fat. I'm like could barely move around. I'm right. like like just my I had muffin top, like I'm wearing this gear. And she got in the ring with me and she rolled around rolled in the ring with me. And she was I didn't know she was about to debut. She took bumps for me before her debut. Wow. And we rolled around for like three hours. And she did that for me, and I had not been in the ring for about a year and a half. And so I will never, I actually never got to thank her really for that moment because she literally debuted two weeks later. And I'm like, you took bumps for me knowing that you were going to debut and you got into the ring with me being green, like green because I just had a kid and risked your body for me. And I thought that was very giving. It was wonderful. I got to tell you, I got to become a professional wrestler. I like need friends like (laughs) this. I have no friends. so. Well, I'm a really good friend. I can be your friend. All right, please. Because I I I got one friend, this guy over here. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and that guy back there. Yeah. Right now, yeah. He's a good friend. All right, so put you on the spot. Is there anyone you didn't get along with? Actually, yes. I didn't get along with AJ Lee. Um, her and I went at it. Uh, but we have respect for each other because sometimes when people don't like each other, they talk behind each other's backs. Mm-hmm. But we literally told each other we hated each other to each other's faces. Wow. Well, I'm like, I don't like you. I think you're this and this and this. And she's like, I don't like this and this that you're doing. And so, like, we actually had to walk to the office. I'm like, I'm not a stooge. I've never stooged anyone off. I've never done that. So I'm like, I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to stooge on you and you should come with me because I want you to see me stooge on you because well, I'm complaining. Can you tell me what, what happened? What was the heat? We, uh, we had a match and I and she clotheslined me in the jaw and I thought that she did it for real you right. know i thought she did it on purpose and i not know to this day but she's short so looking back i feel like she jumped and did the clothesline and it caught me here but it felt like because we didn't kind of like each other i felt like she did it on purpose but so i said like i'm gonna go and tell the office that you did this on purpose and actually later on we like con- reconnected and i and she told me she's like i love the fact that you just told me to my face and mm. you never went behind my back and I, I go, I love the fact that you told me to my face that you didn't like me either. So, like, I res- she worked so hard. She studied her character. I, that girl worked so hard. So she deserved her push. Mm. Absolutely. Utmost respect for her. Didn't like her at the time, but I absolutely love, like, really like her and respect her. And I love the fact that we didn't like each other and we told each other. So that was the only girl 
But then now I'd like totally. Now, now you're all straight. I would I would like see her and I would actually give her a hug and be like, hey, you're like awesome. You know what I mean? And I I love the fact that we had that tiff and we like we kind of kind of took it outside. You know, yeah, like yeah. like as if they do in Britain in, in, in like England where they would go outside and they just hit each other and then after that they'd be friends. You know what I mean? It's, it's like uh, men being men. Yeah. <laughs> all right, I want to call in Eric Sims from ESS Promotion. Eric is a longtime friend of the station. You know Eric? Yes, I do. Well, what, all right, so what was your first experience with Eric Sims? Okay, so... Last night. Last night. Wait, wait, this is your first time meeting each other last first night? First time meeting each other, okay. and he goes, Oh, I'm hot. I'm, my blood is boiling. Oh, and I was like, ooh, because, you know, I'm Latin, so I'm the nosy neighbor, so I'm like, ooh, what happened, you know? And I'm like... I'm like, what happened? Why are you mad? And then he told me what had happened. And I go, yeah, this sucks. So I got hot. And then we're both hot. And then but he, like, he literally. So, so uh, uh, I, we were at the show last night. Okay. okay. Yeah, you know, every vendor, or most of the vendors that had their talent there, so it was stacked, ten, you know, there must have been 12 talents there, if not, if not more. Okay? okay. The pre-show meet and greet is from 7 to 8. Okay, mm-hmm. so we have first of all the uh, for the sh- small amount of crowd that they had there. And it was a decent crowd, but you know, small. But it was okay. It was an independent show. An independent show. So with the ten, with ten talents, and now and then each vendor that brings in their talent, you're depending on a couple extra dollars to make money. I, you know, everyone makes their own separate deals or whatever. But you know, we expect we you know we expect to do some business because that's why we're there. So. Uh, 20 minutes in, first pre-show match goes on. That is a pre-show killer for doing, for, for talent doing merch, you know, trying to sell the pictures for, you know, do, you know, the meet and greets and this and that because all the attention's at the ring. Mm. Okay? They're not where they should be at the, at the table where they could spend their money. We're there to take people's money. <laughs> He's wow, right. that's, that's great sales. <laughs> we, we are, we are. Well, we were there just, selling our well, autographs it, and pictures. It's an experience to meet the talent. Yeah, sure. Okay, seven and to the, eight. To, to do that, you have, you still have to take their money. That that's that's our goal <laughs> because we don't we can't you know we can't we have to pay our bills you know whatever you know dinner money whatever the hell we make over there mm-hmm. right sure so so that's going on and the music's too loud and you got you can't so you can't hear talking to people and it's like one thing one thing after the other and you can't make can't make your money and where I, I got to listen to other vendors. Bitch and complain about uh, I can't make it. I'm not, this is this is not right. Which I know because I'm an old school guy. I mean, right. you know, I need you know. You He's have an right, hour though. before the show, He's fifteen right. minutes in intermission, and all eyes need to be on us. Was well, this the same promoter you deal with all the time? Uh, well, no. But, I mean, I, I've worked with him. Issue, in the, right? I've worked with him in the past, and yeah, he's a cool guy, good guy. You know, I like him. You know, you know, every so often we do some we do some business and what whatever. But you know, every promoter that does these pre-show matches, whether it's him or, or the next guy, it just kills my business because mm-hmm. I, I need you know because people trickle in late and the new people come in mm-hmm. and you know okay, not everybody have money, but the next person might have money, but they're not going to spend with us if they got to watch a fucking match. <sighs> So, you know, it's a... Then I got a, hot. It's a and then for me. I got it's a hot. So he's red. I'm red. All my veins start okay. sticking out of my uh, chest. We, we connect. Trying to lose some money. We, yeah. we kind of we connected yeah. really, really good. We hit you it know, off right just, away. Just talking and just, just bullshitting. Like, yeah. You know, and, you well, know, he has like, a lot of knowledge. He's been in the business 30, 30, 40, 30, 40 years. years. Yeah. So I was like wanting to hear yeah, everything. Well, he, he is... Look, he is the number one promoter in the Northeast. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's... 
No bullshit. I mean, a lot of people hate him. I get it, but... Oh, you're great. I, c- I can't see how anybody would hate you. Oh, no, trust me. I literally... Sorry. <laughs> literally, I want to be a fly on the wall to hear some of the stories that he's been through on the road back in the day. Like, are you kidding Just go, me? Go to YouTube. History is right Go there. to YouTube, search Luna Vachon and Eric Sims. That'll give you right That'll give you right didn't pay her enough attention. <laughs> Whatever. Speaking of that, right? So yeah. Mark's in the business. Yeah. What, like, what's your feeling on that? Is it, does it make you uncomfortable? No, I lo- I'm a Mark. I well, love wrestling. Like we're all Mark. We're not I business mean, Marks, but we're no, all Mark. No, but we are, I love wrestling. And if someone loves wrestling, you're my brother, man. Like, right. I love you. Like, I don't care if you're... If, if you come to the airport at 5 in the morning, you want my autograph, you're awesome. Like, it's got to be a special feeling, like, right? Like, yeah, I, I, love, I love them. I mean, I, I just do because... For me, if someone like hates wrestling, I'm like, ooh, like we're not gonna we're not gonna flow here. Like right. we're not gonna get along at all. Like I can't, we, we can't be friends. You're, you're out, Savali. Because <laughs> you hate wrestling. I do. I was just about to say how much I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now oh, you love wrestling. Oh, how easy that was. Hey, you're a stooge. <laughs> a stooge. But Mark like derogatory. Like to me, it's like oh, I don't no. want to like fanboy. Well, Mark. If, if, well, if you're an insider to the business. And a wrestler kind of classifies you as a mark. That might not be a good thing because really? then because then they'll treat you they'll treat you as such instead of treating you with the respect. That well, what's the difference between a fan and a mark? A, f- a, a fan. Okay, a fan can be a mark, or they're all marks. The fan, but a fan <laughs> is a fan. A fan is a, a, a fan. You're what? You're, okay. You're, 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 wait, wait. You're paying. You're you're paying. You're paying. You're paying to watch the talents perform, whether it's an autograph session, meet and greet experience. But bro, isn't that the whole idea? Like, no, I no, perform, no, 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 yeah, someone yeah, wants to pay. Yes, yeah, no, but you're correct. But if a wrestler thinks like an insider, like the agent or someone on the inside working is a mark, they're going to treat you different. Th- you know, oh, because they don't think a, you're a businessman. It's almost, like a, it's almost a sign of not having respect for you. They may have respect for you, you but, they, but they kind of don't have respect. Because if they truly had respect, for you, even though you are a mark or whatever, you know, acting not according to the you know, quote, uh, the uh, the code, uh, you know, they're gonna they're gonna treat you differently, and then try to work you, try to work for more money, try to try to treat you differently, try to hold, make you hold you well, up. Hold on, I want to see the counterpoint here. Yeah. The the carny definition of a mark. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is it someone that gets tricked into thinking that the work is real? Mm. So that's actually the definition of a mark, right? Yeah. So I feel like if if I am able to have a match and with someone that people think I kind of have a beef, let's say me and AJ have a match, mm-hmm. we kind of have a beef, and we have this incredible match, and like I would love actually that would be rad. That would be great. <laughs> and uh, we have this incredible match, I and then we hit idea. we hit each other, and we're just like like I tell her let's stiff each other. Yeah. Let's 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 give it our everything we've got in there. And then we trick the audience into thinking that this is a real beef. Now that's a, that's uh, Mark, right? Is it my you're you know better than me. I'm just wrestlers are the greatest magicians on earth. You're, you're performing an illusion. You're making people believe something that is not real. Yes. Okay. So you are the greatest magicians around. Oh, I love this because you're. Because you're, you know. Sorry, I'm playing. You're, my making, hair. you're making, 
You're making so, you're making you're making people believe something that's not real. And then who, whoever believes it is is definition of Mark. You, you get oh, right? you get you're getting you're getting you're getting hooked into it. You're a fan. No, that's yeah. a fan. That's a fan. You're believing. That's old school. Yeah. You're believing something. You know. You're. you're it's so the we psycholo- gotta, it's we gotta psychology. love our marks, man. It's, it's, yeah. it's the psychology. <laughs> it's the psychology. Uh, you know, drawing, drawing them in, yes. which, which will help on all aspects of the business. Because then you get to the gimmick table, and that'll help your business. And now, they pop. now they just saw you, and they want to spend money with you. They want yeah. the experience. Oh, Rosa Mendes, she did great in the ring. I need a picture with her. I need an autograph with her. And they pop, yeah. and we yeah. love that. I want to put my arm around her. Maybe I'll get close. Maybe uh, I'll get lucky. Uh, <laughs> They're never, they're, never gonna, they're, never, they're never gonna get lucky, but it's why the, would you but okay, again, but why the, would but you but say that? Because because it's the illusion that you maybe, mean, it's like going to a strip joint and saying, by the way, before you give me the ten dollar cover and you're gonna drop your paycheck, you're that, not gonna get lucky. That, no, but that's the illusion that the that the female talent has to give to the male fan really? because that sex sell. Oh, I never ever give I never ever have given the illusion to a mark or a fan that I was actually like interested. No, no, yeah, and that's right. No, no, and that's fine. But they don't know that. You think, I think so? I think they, on the other they, hand, don't, they don't. Listen, I think when it's even about the, you being famous, the air Eddie, side you, hug. You're in a you're in a ball. Well, that's the other thing too. You can always <laughs> Here, judge by that. Can like, I have a hug? Sure. Okay, 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 fine. I'll Your breath smells like shit. Go ahead. Eric. I'll use you as an example. Uh, you're a beautiful woman. You're stacked. You. You're you're stacked just right. That's, you know, yeah, <laughs> people the? are looking. People <laughs> are looking at going. that. Oh my people god! People are looking at that. It's the illusion of oh, I want to have. You know, I want that. <laughs> Yeah, so, but, which, is, which is good. Which is good for the female talent because these guys are going to spend money, and they might instead of that oh one boy. photo op, they might buy three extra photos or a couple extra Look, things. I, I, and, and it's their job to take FYI, every fucking dollar. FYI, they I'd rather chop both my arms and both my legs off before I do a bikini op. I would never ever. So do okay, a certain op. women are uh, you know don't want to do so, it. It's not for everyone. It's not for everyone. You're at the bar. I find you attractive. Can I buy you a drink? Nah. No. What I'm saying is, I'm <laughs> Any, not, no. Well, you know, don't make me feel. Not you. You could at least get kayfabe. No, not. Ooh, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> not you. When I go to a a, a a dance club or anything with that with my friends, I want to hang out with my girls. So any guy, you no matter how hot he is. Beautiful, smart, intelligent, my type. Right. If you're gonna come up to me at a club or a bar, right. I won't talk to you. But I guess what I'm saying is delusion. I want to buy you a drink. Okay. You say yes. Well, let's say, not a drink. Let's say Diet Coke. Uh, whatever, Diet Coke. There you go. <laughs> there you go. That's, yeah. That's why I suck as a radio announcer. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so if you say yes, and it's like, oh, maybe there's a chance, yeah. right? Right? That's, I guess that's what Eric is trying to say. Like, people uh-huh. are like, hey, maybe if I'm doing this picture, she looks at me and goes, oh, my God. That is the really? most attractive man I've ever seen. Now, again, that? you've had your choice of, like, John Cena, Dolph <laughs> Ziggler. Yeah, but it's an, you know, it's an illusion. All these other guys... <laughs> I don't know why you would, you you know, Jimmy John who comes for a picture and thinks he has a chance. Can I can I correct you guys? I feel like they just want to get close to us. I don't think they have a chance to date us ever. I don't think they want. I think they want to smell our perfume. They want to look at our skin and look at our. Savali, weigh in. What do you think? They just want to bang and get out of there. They don't want to fucking date you. That's that's the illusion that they want. Nah, I don't believe it. What about the illusion when it's a male wrestler? They want to. Do the same thing. Maybe with the females. Not with the but males? No, I mean, not no, possible? What about the male marks who 
How do they look at the male? <laughs> you caught him. Look at him. Well, <laughs> look at him. It's, diff- it's 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 a different it's a different thing. If a, if a male fan to a male wrestler, I'm if you're truly a, <laughs> if you're truly, no, 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 no. If you guys are like a diehard sir. fan, they're going to spend extra money because they want extra stuff. Right. If they're not, they're just going to go for the simple, simple autograph, photo op, you know, combo deal, whatever. But uh, you know, if they're if they're a super fan, they're going to spend extra money with you. So, and it's the job of the front man to figure that out. Figure out that the guy has a fucking wad of money, and you got to take every fucking dollar they got before you go on to the next person. I officially will person. never do a signing again. Uh, <laughs> no. There you go, everybody. We've done I'm done. For everybody. I'm done. Thank Monty the Fowl. <laughs> so what we've learned in this conversation, I think, is Eric Sim <laughs> likes a lot of money. Yeah. And he may be attracted to many. He really couldn't answer that. No, no, I'm not attracted to Male wrestlers. I don't go for that. I know. I work primarily with the male talents. Melina will never do a signing again, destroying Melena. Melena. I'm sorry. Yeah. We'll never do Rosa Mendes. Get, get it right. Keep, you know, followed by the stage name. We'll never do a sign again, destroying nah. this man's career. <laughs> and, uh, here we I'm are. sorry, Bill. <laughs> I mean, I mean, uh, if well, I well, uh, well, wait a second, Bill, I'm sorry. Bill. Bill. Well, hold on, hold on. While we have, let's give him. Let's say thank you to my buddy and my pal, Bill Paley, for coming. Oh, Bill Paley's for awesome. Com- All right, Bill. He has, he has but, a. He has but a, I will a com- never do a signing again. Thank you. I'm not done with my plug yet. Okay, he has sorry. a company called sorry, Wrestling sorry. Wrestling Inc. He does a lot of autographs, brings a lot of a lot of the female talents in, and. One of the old school guys does a lot of good business, so yes, you yes. on you. They can get you on Facebook under what Bill Paley or Beep. Wrestling Inc. Or wrestling wrestling Inc. Your yeah. website is www. Wrestling dot wrestling dot Inc. Wrestling dash Inc. dot Weebly dot com with a B. Is that so, different than the Wrestling Inc. dirt sheet? Yes. So wrestling wrestling dash Inc. I N K dot weebly like, like weebly com. Yes. when right. I do my signing today I'm going to ask a fan if they think they have a chance with me if they say yes I will never do a signing again <laughs> if they say no well we've got a fan out there by Timmy Tim he's already waiting at the door if they well I'm not a stripper you know what I mean if they think that they have a chance with me I will never do a anyway, signing what, again what Rose is saying is the, the signing after this uh, interview, we're going to be at the Wrestling Universe. It'll be my last signing, so come here by autograph. That's Jack's store. Rosa Mendes is going to be there. The next guest coming on, Bill Alfonso, Fonzie. Oh, yeah, that's Daddy. Awesome. Right down the line, Daddy. Right at, down the at line. At the Wrestling Universe, 3429 Francis Lewis Boulevard, Flushing, Queens, New York, along with a bunch of other talent. Adam Baum's going to be there. A couple of WWE announcers, Nigel McGuinness, Sarah Schreiber, um, the... The, the the one that wants to have the marriage consummated. What's it? What's her name there? Uh, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking. You've lost me already, what's, man. What's the? Uh, Just get through it. What's Drake? What's Drake's uh, girl? Renee Michelle. Renee Michelle. Oh, the one that's, uh, okay. who, who refuses to consummate the marriage the with, uh, with Drake Ma- with Drake Maverick, the rock star spud, whatever the fuck his name is. <laughs> Wow. So, so, so uh, Carson, I think you need to interview him. Yeah. I will. That is a thing. Anyway, of course, it's no BS with ESS. Uh, you know, and all my anything ESS, www.esspromotions.com. Love working with Monty and the Pharaoh. Where the fuck is the Pharaoh? But okay. You know. Hey. Rose. Rose. The Pharaoh has arrived. Rose. 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 Rose.
All right, USSpromotions.com. No BS in ESS. Business and success end in ESS. And let's all have a sensational day. I want to thank Rosa Mendez for gracing us on this show. Thank you very much. Long Island's number one pro wrestler. I learned so much about you. Thank you. Thank you very much. You are a great person. It means a lot to me. And I've had so... This is actually... The most fun I've had on a broadcast ever. Like, I'm not to say working well, you guys. Come on. I, 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 I are you working me right I now? Have you You're seen marking. me laughing? Look, look, You're marking for me right now. Oh, what's Literally, up? my abs She's putting you over, man. She's my abs hurt from laughing so hard. Like, I, I gotta I just, tell, first time meeting her last night, we sat at the wrestling show and just for like two hours we're talking. Just about life. Talk, of yeah. life, not wrestling so much, but life. And then we went to a dinner together with me and Bill. All me, of us went to me dinner. Me and Bill and uh, me and They put too much dressing in his rap. Oh, yeah, 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 you're you're on in the, the next show. I'm very happy anyway, I met her, yes, I met her yeah, and we connected. Yes, I, really, I really find you to be a special person. Thank and you. Uh, what an honor Thank to have you, you on our It's show. an honor to be here. Thank you. Thank you. And again, catch Rosa. She's going to Queens in about five minutes. And you can blame Monty Nefaro. This will be her last It'll autograph be last session. <laughs> anyway, this has been Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast for Rosa, for Eric, for Jim. My name's Mike Monty. We'll see you in about ten minutes with Bill Alfonso. Woo. Have a good one.